بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمده ونصلی علی رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمدللہ today is the 19th of november in the year 2023 and alhamdulillah we moved on to the 15th session that we're going through the commentary of the blessed surah al-mu'minun and i've reached verse 68 so inshallah today going through up to and including verse 72 so verse 68 Do they not ponder over the word? Or has anything new come to them that did not come to their fathers of old? So here Allah the Almighty and Glorious mentions, do they not ponder over the word? So there's a report. In Ibn Abi Hatim and Ibn Kathir's tafsir, Qatada rahmatullah alayhi, he recited this portion. Afalam yaddabbarul qawm. Do they not ponder over the word? Qatada rahmatullah alayhi, he explained, By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if the people had pondered the meaning and understood it properly, they would then have found in the Quran a deterrent to disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But, they only paid attention to the verses which were not clear. So they were destroyed because of this. So in this very informative report, Qatada is explaining that if you truly understand the Quran, it has the ability to prevent you from sinning. So the more you stop or check yourself from sinning, the more the Quran has impacted you. But then he warned, but if you only pay attention to the mutashabihat, that which is not clear, it will destroy you. So what was this in reference to? So in Surah Ali Imran, Surah 3 verse 7, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, and this is part of the verse, Udhas are mutashabihat, those in whose hearts is perversity, followed the part which is which is mutashabihat seeking discord so here allah the almighty and glorious clearly highlights that those with disease in their hearts they follow the mutashabihat and this is why there's a report and the hadith is in sahih bukhari number 4547 sahih muslim number 2665 abu dawood number 598 Tirmidhi, number 3005, Hassan Sahih, Ahmad in his Muslim, number 26,257, Ibn Kathir's Tafsir. Our beloved mother Aisha, radiyallahu she relates, Rasulullah once recited this verse, Aisha 3 verse 7. He then explained, If you see those who follow thereof, that which is not entirely clear, the mutashabihat, then they are those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has named, i.e. as deviated. So beware of them. So the Prophet himself gave a commentary of this verse, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He's explaining that if a people start quoting mutashabihat verses, and they're basing their views upon it, he goes, you have to be very careful of that. The Prophet goes, he's warning you, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
And also in another report it mentions, this is in Imam Ahmad Musnad ibn Kathir's tafsir, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, when you see those who argue about the mutashabihat, then they are those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has meant. Therefore beware of them. So they you know the sign is they argue over it. So they'll start going into the you know, this is what it means, and they'll argue because beware of them. So how do we approach the mutashabihat? Otherwise they will destroy you. So there's a hadith. In Tabarani in his Kabir, and Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullah authenticates it in Sahih al-Jami, number 1334, and As-Sahihah, number 1522. Abdullah ibn Umar, that our beloved messenger said, Verily the nations before you were not destroyed until they committed something similar to this, using parts of the Quran against other parts. As for what is halal, make it halal. And as for what is haram, make it haram. And as for what is mutashabih, unclear, then believe in it. So in this hadith in Tabarani, the Prophet said a few things. He said, nations were destroyed. One of the signs that they were destroyed is that they started quoting revelation to each other. And they are arguing over it. I'm right because the Quran says this. Because no, I'm right because the Quran says this. This is how destructive that is when you argue over the revelation. Then he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, after the halal and halal, what is unclear, simply believe in it. So for instance, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says that he rose over the Arsh. So that's not a clear verse. So we believe it. That's it. That's what the Prophet said. He didn't go investigate into it, argue over it. The divine command is believe it. I believe it. Don't, in, don't go into this. Don't argue. This is a sign of deviation. So, going back to the verse that we're going through, Qatada Rahmatullah said, those who paid attention only to the unclear verses, they were destroyed. So you have to be very, very careful when going through the Mutashabihat. So not the Quran. It either makes you or breaks you. Makes you, i.e. if it prevents you from sin. If it causes you to argue with the mutashabihat, they will destroy you. Verse 69. Or do they not recognize their messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that they deny him? So, here, there's a few things mentioned. In Surah 2, Surah Baqarah, verse 146. In Surah 2, verse 146, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions there. And this is the translation. The people of the book, they know this as they know their own sons. So there's a report in Qurtubi and Ibn Kathir's tafsir. Abdullah ibn Salam, he relates, I recognize Rasulullah more readily than I recognize my own son. Why? Because I can have doubts about my son. So Abdullah ibn Salam, look at his conviction in Rasulullah If Rasulullah was in front of him and his own son, he said, I have more doubt about my son. Now what did he mean by that? What he meant by that was, though he obviously trusted his wife, believed his wife, he knew more than likely 99.9% this is my son, there's a, there's a doubt. 
Meaning, this, the, you know, I, I can't say it with conviction. But when he looked at Rasulullah, he goes, no doubt. <laughs> so look how powerfully he got the point across. He goes, the Quran is saying, they know them like they know their own sons. He goes, I know it better than my own son. Meaning there is no doubt about the Prophet And also, when he said this, Umar who kissed him on the forehead. Why? Because of his love for the Prophet So, this is the people of the book. And of course, when you go through the lives of the companions, you realize that the people of the book, they were the ones who were first alerted to his arrival. Even the unbelieving Quraysh, strange as it was, it was the people of the book who was confirming him. And also, another thing which is pointed out here, in Surah 43, verse 31, in Surah 43, Surah Al-Zukhluf, verse 31, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions there something very interesting. Translation. They say, why is not this Quran sent down to some leading man in either of the two cities? So who's being referred to here? So in Ibn al-Mundir, Ibn Ishaq, Ibn Hisham, Ibn Sira, Ibn Kathir, Sira, volume 2, page 35 of the English translation. Al-Walid Ibn al-Muhira. So who's this? This is... Khalid ibn Walid's father, Khalid radiyallahu's father, Al-Walid ibn Mughira, he said, Does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give revelation to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and not me, even though I am the chief and leader of the Quraysh? And he also ignores Abu Mas'ud Amr ibn Amr al-Thaqafi, the chief of the Thaqif, even though we are the greatest men of the two cities. Upon this, Allah the Almighty revealed, Surah 43, verse 30, 31 and 32. So the translation. They say, why is not this Quran sent down to some leading man of the two cities? Is it they who would portion out the mercy of your Lord? It is we who portion out between them their livelihood in the life of this world. And we raise some of them above others in ranks. So, what's interesting they were envious of him. So, the unbelieving Quraysh, they not only knew deep down he wasn't a Surullah, they were saying that, how can our youngster, our nephew, be our leader? So, and then they started saying, look, I'm a chief of the Quraysh and there's a great man in the Thaqif. Allah revealed, I am the one, rahmata rabbik. it is they who would portion out the mercy of the Lord. It is we who portion out between them. Meaning I know best where to place the message. So now what's interesting. <coughs> Did the unbelieving Quraysh know he was Rasulullah? And the answer is yes. And that's not a figure of speech. The worst enemy of Islam, Abu Jahl, i.e. the one whose name actually changed because of his uh, vehemence against the Prophet he was asked once privately and the hadith is in Al-Bidayah and the one asking was Mughira ibn Shu'bah who became a Sahaba later he said to Abu Jahl just between me and you is Muhammad the Prophet and Abu Jahl looked around first <laughs> then he said yes and then he went on to explain why he's not accepting. So, what does Allah Ta'ala say? 
in verse 69 of this verse of this surah am lam ya'rifu rasulahum fahum lahu munkirun do they not recognize their messenger that they deny him allah ta'ala is highlighting this because how are you denying somebody you know who's grown up with you so the question is not really a question it's a statement because you're denying somebody you know full well verse 70 or do they say he is possessed nay he has brought them the truth but most of them hate the truth so now this is another thing they thought he was they you know they accused him of i being possessed so there's a beautiful passage in surah 69 verse 41 in surah 69 verse 41 and this is with regards to sayyidina umar radhiyallahu so umar radhiyallahu he was the last of the 10 to embrace islam fifth or sixth year of the prophethood so once he was going to cause mischief to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the hadith is in imam ahmad's muslim and he goes to the kaaba and the prophet's offering salat there so instead of troubling the prophet he just sits behind him and he's listening and rasulullah is reciting the quran so umar instantly he says and this is in his own heart he's not even speaking this in his own heart he says he must be a poet when he umar testified to this because when i thought this rasulullah recited this verse surah 69 verse 41 wa ma huwa bi qawli sha'ir qalilan ma tu'minun it is not the word of a poet little is it you believe so umar radhiyallahu he goes into shock because is he talking to me then he's thinking and he goes he must be a kahin he must be a soothsayer immediately rasulullah recited the next verse wala biqul iqahin qalilan ma tadhakkarun it is not the word of a soothsayer little admonition you receive so then umar shocked again because is he talking to me then he thought well whose words are they then rasulullah recited the next verse tanzilum mir rabbil alamin this is a message sent down from the lord of the worlds and umar radhiyallahu then said is iman entered deep into my heart <laughs> so allah taala guided umar radhiyallahu so what's interesting even the great umar was fighting and what did he think he must be a poet did he really think he was a poet of course he didn't so allah taala says qalilan ma tu'minun he goes what are you doing <laughs> he's what are you saying <laughs> then he goes oh he must be a soothsayer did he really believe he was a soothsayer qalilan ma tadhakkarun little admonition you receive because whose words are they allah taala then says my words and he embraced islam so what's interesting they called him a madman they called him a soothsayer but did they really believe that in fact the proof is in the pudding when they actually put those suggestions forward the Quraysh chieftain said he's none of that he's not he's not a liar he's not a soothsayer he's not he's not possessed because we've seen all this so then they said to walid you got to say something is what we supposed to tell the people then he thought about it and he's moving about and then eventually he says well we're going to have to say he's a soothsayer and that <coughs> movement of his when he was you know struggling within himself allah taala the real verses describing because he did this and he did this because damn him why because they denying the truth so here allah taala saying do you say he is possessed nay he has brought the truth but most of them hate the truth 
Verse 71. If the truth had been according to their desires, truly the heavens and the earth and all beings therein would have been in confusion and corruption. Nay, we have sent down their admonition, but they turn away from their admonition. So what is the truth in this verse? So in Ibn Jadid, Qurtubi and Ibn Kathir in their tafsirs, Mujahid and others, they said Al-Haq in this verse is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May He be glorified and exalted. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? If the truth had been in accordance with their desires, meaning if you wanted God to be in whatever you wanted Him to be, the heavens and the earth and everything would have been in confusion and corruption. <laughs> meaning your gods don't make sense. You make a man a god, you're causing confusion. You make daughters, the daughter, uh, angels, the daughters of God. Allah Ta'ala says, if the truth, meaning I am the truth, how you're describing me is falsehood. That's why he's called Al-Haq. <laughs> when people say, is Jesus God? He goes, no, because he, Allah Ta'ala is Al-Haq. <laughs> you know, is Krishna God? No, Allah Ta'ala is Al-Haq. That's one of his names. Why is he called the truth? Because everything else is false that you're worshipping. <laughs> so now what's interesting? In another passage, in Surah 21, verse 22, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions there explicitly something. So this is the translation. If there were in the heavens and the earth other gods besides Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, there would have been confusion in both. But glory be to Allah, the Lord of the throne. High is He above what they attribute to Him. So Allah the Almighty and Glorious mentions clearly one of the clearest signs why there can only be one God. If there was more than one God, there'd be confusion. Meaning what? Where does the dominion of one stop and the other start? One they encroach upon each other. So Allah Ta'ala says there would have been confusion. So what do the Christians say to get around this? And again, this shows that for, for a falsehood, you need other falsehoods. They say they, there's a trinity, the Catholics. But then they say, but they work in union. <laughs> you ask, what do you mean they work in union? Because they never contradict each other. <laughs> the father never contradicts the son. The son doesn't contradict the... Why do they say that? Because they're digging a hole further. <coughs> and you say, so is there three or one? Because there's only one manifested in three forms. So Allah is saying, they know themselves this confusion. Where's the proof? When these, some of these Christians embrace Islam, they, they didn't come out the obvious statement, which you'd expect them to say straight away, because Trinity never made sense. So then you say you was a Christian for 20 years, you were propagating it. And they say, these are the sort of the words they come out with. Well, because we never really believed it. So Allah is telling you, if the truth had been in accordance with your desires, there would have been confusion and corruption. Isn't that true? So Allah is one. And of course, this makes absolute sense. Verse 72. Or is it that you, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, ask them for some recompense? <laughs> but the recompense of your Lord is best. He is the best of those who give rizq. So now, what does it mean? Am tas'aluhum kharja. Or is it you ask them for some kharja? 
So Hassan al-Basri, rahmatullahi, he recited this. He said, Kharja means a reward. This is in Ibn Jarir, Ibn Kathir's tafsir. Whilst Qatad al-Rahmatullah said, Kharja means some payment. This is in Ibn Abi Hatim and Ibn Kathir's tafsir. So now, if you look at these verses, you will notice a pattern. Verse 69, Allah Ta'ala says, Amlam, do they not? Verse 70, Am Yaqulun, do they say? Verse 71, the truth, if the truth had been according to their desires. Verse 72, Am or is it that they ask you for some payment? So there's an argument Allah Ta'ala is giving the believers. <coughs> this is the last of the questions. It starts with verse 68. Do they not ponder over the word, the Quran, showing the absurdity of the position taken up by the unbelievers? How? Look at verse 68. Has anything new come to them that did not come to their fathers of old? Allah mentions that. The message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is as old as humanity itself. Why do they fight shy of it? So what do we keep saying? Adam brought Islam, alayhi salatu wasalam. Nuh brought Islam, alayhi salatu wasalam. So Allah Ta'ala is asking them the question, has anything new come to them that did not come to their fathers of old? It's exactly the same message. This is the first question, argument. The second, they have known, verse 69, they have known their prophet to be true and righteous. Why do they deny him? Look at these beautiful arguments Allah Ta'ala is giving you. But people are studying the Quran. First argument. It's just continuing Islam. Rasulullah has come with the same message. Second argument. Don't you recognize the Prophet? He goes, are you denying him? When you know him to be true. Whether it's the people of the book or the Quraysh. Third argument. Is it madness? Verse 70. Is it madness to bring the bitter truth before them? So Allah Ta'ala is saying, do possessed people bring you the truth? <laughs> Verse 70, do they say he's possessed? Nay, he has brought the truth. But most of them hate the truth. Allah Ta'ala is saying, you're saying he's possessed. I'm saying he's bringing you the truth. You've got a problem with the truth. <laughs> Fourth argument, does the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam ask for any worldly reward? Verse 72, or, do, or is it that you ask for some recompense? If not, why do you reject his unselfish efforts for your good? Class. Allah Ta'ala has taken their legs out. So imagine you say to somebody in today's day and age, Islam is the truth. Because look, why do you say Islam is the truth? Four arguments. The Quran. Study it. Right? Some find something in it. They can't. Islam is a continuation, second argument of all the prophets. It's nothing new. Muhammad did not come with anything new. Okay? Third argument. It is an undeniable fact. He is Rasulullah. The people of the book know it. The unbelieving contemporaries knew it as well. Fourth argument. He can never be called possessed because possessed people don't bring divine revelation and the truth. Fifth argument. He didn't ask you for any payment. 
What was he after? <laughs> he didn't ask you for anything. What response can they give to that? <laughs> you know, Allah Ta'ala has given you. You don't have to make, go to one of the course to work out how to talk to the non-Muslims. Mm-hmm. Read the verses. Verse 68, 69, 70, 71 and 72. The very verses that we're going through. Allah Ta'ala is telling you what to say to them. And if they reject it, that is why they call kafir. Kafir means to hide. In other words, they know it's the truth, but they're hiding it. So going to the last verse. Or is it that you, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, ask them for some reward, but the reward of your Lord is best? Then look what Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says. وَهُوَ خَيْرُ الرَّازِقِينَ He is the best of those who provide. So what is this in reference to? So in Surah 51 verse 58, Surah Zariyat, Surah 51 verse 58, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions there one of his attributes. إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الرَّزَّاقُ ذُلْقُوَّةِ الْمَتِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is he who is الرَّزَّاق, the all provider, ذُلْقُوَّةِ الْمَتِينَ the most strong. So look at these very interesting names Allah has given himself, his attributes. He goes, I am Ar-Razzaq, I am the all provider. And I am Dhul-Quwwatil Mateen, I am the most strong. Now there's a report. Now this report doesn't actually tell us anything, but it's a report. The hadith is in Nasai, Abu Dawood number 3970. Ahmad in his Musnad Tirmadi, Hassan Sahih, number 2949, Ibn Katil Tafsir, Mishkat. Ibn Mas'ud, he relates that Rasulullah taught us the following. Verily, I, subhanahu wa ta'ala, am al-razzaq dhul-quwwatil mateen. So a person goes, so what was the Prophet teaching there? The Quran is saying that. Allah Ta'ala is he who is al-razzaq, the most strong. Rasulullah is quoting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I am Ar-Razak, the most strong. So why is Allah ta'ala mentioning he is Ar-Razak? I am the all provider. <coughs> so if you turn to Surah 6 verse 14. Surah 6 verse 14. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions there something for the people to reflect upon. And it's actually a part of the verse. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions there. He it is that feeds, but he is not fed. <laughs> so what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? He wahua yut'im. He feeds. He's not fed. Now why does he say that? Look how amazing. Think of every creation. Who feeds it? Everybody will say it. God or the Kufar, Mother Nature. Just another name for God, right? Who feeds God? A person goes, He is not fed. Why does Allah mean? He is Ar-Razak. I am the all provider. But this is powerfully explained in another passage. In Surah 5 verse 75. In Surah Ma'idah verse 75. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions there something about Isa alayhi salatu wa salam. What does he say? Mal Masih ibn Maniyama illa rasul. 
Christ, the son of Maryam, was no more than a messenger. Qad khalad min rusul. Messengers have passed away before him. Wa ummuhu siddiqa. His mother was a saintly woman. Kana ya'kulani ta'am. They both ate food. Unzur kaifa nubayyuna lahumul ayat. See how Allah Ta'ala makes clear his signs. Fummanzur anna yu'ufakun. Then see how they are deluded from the truth. Look how beautiful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he honors his messenger and the mother of the messenger. He gives them an honorable mention. Allah Ta'ala calls the mother of Christ Siddiqah, the highest title for any non-prophet. She is Siddiqah. I, Lady Maryam, But then Allah Ta'ala says, after honoring them, They both ate food. <laughs> why does he mention that? Well, that's obvious. If it was obvious, why is Allah Ta'ala mentioning it? So you go to the Christians, did Christ eat food? Yes. Did Lady Maryam eat food? Yes. Then you look at them. Do I need to say anything else? Because what's your point? They, they even put you on the spot. Because do you want me to spell it out? Because what's your point? Anyone who eats has to go for the call of nature. Do I need to carry on? And then suddenly they'll stop. They'll probably give you that glazed look. Christ goes for the call of nature. Does God go for the call of nature? So Allah Ta'ala doesn't spell it out. He just mentions the beginning of the process. They both ate food. Then Allah Ta'ala says, See how clear I make the signs. Meaning God doesn't eat. The Quran says He doesn't eat. He feeds. He's Ar-Razzaq. He's not the one using his own rizq. And he talks about Isa and Maryam. And then he goes, they are deluded. They'll turn away still. He goes, no, 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 no. God can't, God can't go for the call of nature. So imagine, you know, you said to the Christians, and you have to be very careful not to speak, you know, irreverently about the righteous. But then you say, look, when you make a supplication to Christ and he was on the earth at the time what if he's going for the call of nature shouldn't you at least wait until he finishes just get him thinking right They'll say, what are you saying right? you're blaspheming I'm not blaspheming I'm just saying no, just don't, don't make the to him now right? why he's going for the call of nature he's busy and then straight away you notice their hearts telling him how could that be God and those Catholics who say, Maryam, we use her, right? You say, no, stop, don't, don't go to her yet. Why? It's going for the call of nature. So Allah Ta'ala is highlighting, there is nobody like me. I am Ar-Razak. That's what he says, I am Ar-Razak. I provide. Why is he mentioning the attribute? Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah Ta'ala says here at the end of verse 72, razikin. I am the best of those who provide. <laughs> Look how beautiful. He didn't say I am the only one, which he is, because I'm the best. They don't even provide anything for you. In one hadith in the Sayyid, Allah Ta'ala says, let them create a grain of barley. Those who worship, who you worship, ask them to create a grain of barley or a fly. In Imam Ahmad's Muslim, they can't even do that. 
So Allah Ta'ala is highlighting the futility of shirk and associating partners. So I'll recite the verses. <coughs> and we will conclude. أَذِبُ اللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بِسْمُ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ أَفَلَمْ يَدَّبَّرُوا الْقَوْلَ أَمْ جَاءَهُمْ مَا لَمْ يَأْتِ آبَاءَهُمُ الْأَوَّلِينَ أَمْ لَمْ يَعْرِفُوا رَسُولَهُمْ فَهُمْ لَهُ مُنْكِرُونَ أَمْ يَقُولُونَ بِهِ جِنَّةٌ بل جاءهم بالحق وأكثرهم للحق كارهون ولو اتبع الحق أحواءهم لفسدت السماوات والأرض لفسدت السماوات والأرض ومن فيهن بل أتيناهم بذكرهم فهم عن ذكرهم معرضون أم تسألهم خرجا فخراج ربك خير وهو خير الرازقين. We pray to Almighty Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that He makes the Quran the review of our hearts, and I pray to Almighty Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that He forgives me for any errors which I may have inadvertently uttered. Subhanahu wa Bihamdi, Subhanahu wa Taala, Bihamdi, Kashulai, Lahi, Illa Anta Astafrika, Tubulika, Tubulai, Min Shadani, Subhanahu wa Taala, Bil Izzati, Ma Yisifun, Wa Salaamu Alaihi Mursalim, Wa Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alamin, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Wa Al-Asr Insan Lafiyu Khusr, Ladina Amanu Wa Amilus Salihat, Wa Nawasbil Haq, Wa Nawasbil Sabr, Sadaqallah.